Welcome to week 14 of Elite Football Talk. I'm your host, Ryan Glenn, along with my partner, Nick Shefford. We're back again to talk college football. The regular season has concluded, and we're on a, the conference championship week. This is our conference championship uh, show, I guess, but week 14, we consider it. Um, Nick uh, Nick and I are back. Uh, Andrew has officially been let go. He's officially out of the Elite Football Talk family. He is gone. He's been cut off from all uh, ties. He's no longer with us, so... We uh we do we wish him best his best ah. wishes we 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 kind of the comments he's made no yeah sometimes uh some controversy going on with our uh, with our team right now but Sam he's still with us he's helping he's gonna get this posted um where's Sam tonight he's in the trophy truck he's in the trophy got, truck he's got trophies to hand out there's there's ten champ conference championship games this week so he's got ten places to be he's handing out those trophies this week so you know a big week. For all these uh, all these twenty teams playing, I know we have that uh, USC California game. I'm really I'm not really gonna count that game. We have twenty teams who have had the right to extend their season one more game with before bowl game before bowl season get one more look to either the bowl committees or the college football playoff to see where they're at. So you know, champ week is it's it's it sucks. So there's not many games, but these are really high stake games, and I think that makes up the lack of games. It's it's quality over quantity. I feel like this week. Absolutely, every team is looking to win and possibly get into a big bowl game and and uh make some noise and make some uh change up the playoff a little bit so a lot of big games this week we're gonna a lot, a lot of options we're gonna break them all down uh later in the show we're gonna start off this week by going over last week's big 10 matchups um had some rivalry games we kind of talked about that last week and we had we had possibly a couple upsets a couple things happening that nobody else probably expected but we're gonna start it off last week um the friday game the uh Black Friday game, the Iowa Hawkeyes got a win over the Nebraska Cornhuskers in a game, a close game, probably closer than the Husk, um, Hawkeyes wanted. Yeah, you know what, but let's be real here. This was the same old Nebraska. The same old Nebraska. They found a way to lose at the end, but you got to give credit to Iowa. They, 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 they could have they easily just went in when Nebraska got up uh, tw- uh, 21 to uh, not to 6, or they could have just folded towel and said, you know what, we're done. We're not. We're gonna. I think we, they could have left the forfeit the game and said like, you know what, we're not. This is just not our day. But they stuck with it, and you know what, Nebraska had two turn two no, two turnovers and a blocked punt for a touchdown that kind of really changed the game. I would think. Uh, I will say, uh, uh, Smothers he, for being a freshman. Those first three quarters, he did, he played really good, but that last quarter he kind of played like a freshman. And I think at the end it cost him the game. Uh, the Iowa defense. They've been carrying this team all all through uh, the season, and they carried them to another victory this week, and they get a big win in Lincoln. Ten wins, ten early season wins. So big for that Iowa program. You know, it, tough for Gopher fans because uh, a Nebraska win would have, uh, with every result that would happen, would have pushed them Indianapolis. But you know what? If you go, if you lose to Bowling Green, Illinois, you kind of you kind of really don't deserve to go to the Big Ten Championship game in a way. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that was a long time ago, so I don't think that should affect us at all right now. But, yeah, Nebraska, again, losing close games. We've seen it all year. They've won. Best 319 in college history. Probably. I mean, they're, you know, they've lost, I think, was it, their point margin was like zero. zero. I mean, Big 10 play, yeah. it's absolutely crazy. That's that's what their point margin is. But um, it was same, yeah, same old Nebraska, finding a way to lose a close game. On Saturday, last Saturday, the number two Ohio State Buckeyes fell in Ann Arbor to the Michigan Wolverines. I picked them to win, and they won. Michigan de- defeats Ohio State for the first time in a decade. Yeah, you know what? It just felt like Michigan wanted this. It just felt like Michigan was ready. They were up for the challenge. They were they were tired of hearing, uh, same old game. Ohio going to just beat them. Michigan's going to choke. Jim Harbaugh, they were just done. They, they weren't going to have it anymore. 
They were like, no, we're going to go out here, and we're going to just go beat Ohio State. But, uh, but let's be real here. The, tr- the real reason Michigan won this game, Hassan Haskins. Five touchdowns? Like, that's Kenneth Walker's stacks for, that, for you. Mich- Kenneth Walker, they put up five against Michigan, and they beat him. Hassan Haskins, he put up five against Ohio State, and they took him down. Here, he's... Uh, Corum and uh, Haskins has really helped his team. I feel like take that next step. They have a uh, two-headed monster in the backfield. No matter one guy needs to go off for a little bit, I feel like both guys can handle the workload that uh, their offense coordinator puts at them. And uh, you know what? Both these, both those guys really helped elevate Michigan to 11-1 season and uh, Big Ten East champions. You could say Haskins' five touchdowns were a little more impressive than um, Kenneth Walker's to say because I think Ohio State's a better team than Michigan State is obviously um, they blew them out but yeah I think Michigan's that that's a statement win showing hey we're for real now I mean they've they've been in it the last few years to you know go to the Big Ten Championship game against the Buckeyes and they just they really haven't had success but they finally got a win and Harv- that's probably the biggest win Harbaugh's had since he's been there so we're gonna see if they can continue that and um, possibly get into the playoff Last week, again, Michigan State, the Spartans win a close one against the Nittany Lions at Penn State. Yep, in the blizzard. Snowball. Snowball. It's tough to see Penn State without what they're all-white uniforms. And then I knew uh, a thorn through an interception. I don't know if I could have seen that guy. But you know what? Michigan State, they get challenged as well. You know, Penn State, they went 7-5. to five. Uh, they, were, they were up to 4 in the AP poll this year. Or was it? They were up to three. I'm pretty something. Yeah, they were up I, there. In the, they were up there. They were in the top four for the AP poll. Then they dropped. Then they then they dropped. And then they lost to Illinois in, the, in that uh, nine overtime shootout game. But you know, at seven and five, uh, four and five in the conference, probably not where m- most Penn State fans want to see them. Still, we'll go into a bowl game, but kind of high expectations for this team. They they got up. They got a great jump start to the season, getting up in that top four. But it just felt like they couldn't. Uh, they 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 kind of just they kind of just couldn't get out of their own way. Kind of feel like they kind of just stumbled sometimes where they shouldn't have stumbled. But Michigan State, uh, 10 regular season wins. I know I picked them to go 2-10. and 10. They did the complete opposite. Mel Tucker, coach of the year of the Big Ten, obvious second season. He's going to be there for a while now. So, you know what? This Michigan State team, great season. New Year's Six Bowl maybe bound. For sure, Citrus are out back if not. Uh, but you know what? Great season for Spartans. And in it lines, they got some – it's just tough because I feel like Clifford – if you had been in all those games, I think they would have had a, a, a healthy for all those games. I think they have a better record at the end of the season. But, you know, he got injured, and that's kind of what cultural plays. you got to just have that next man up mentality. And Penn State just couldn't get the same production as Clifford. But you, you know Clifford's a pretty good quarterback, so it's kind of tough to get that. But I just feel like when he was out, it kind of hurt them. Yeah, Penn State, probably at this point in the season, their standards are set pretty high to go win a, win, win a Big Ten East title and win a Big Ten title and possibly get to the playoff. I mean, but Franklin just signed a huge extension, right? Just the next – I mean, he's going to be there for a while. So Penn State uh, – Penn State's uh, not, I think they're going to be back. Penn, yeah, Penn State's not going away anytime soon. I think they'll continue to be at the top there. The Big Ten is just kind of an off year for them. They will play in a bowl game. We'll find out on Sunday when all bowl games come out. Uh, the R- Rutgers in Maryland, this was our uh, – t- in my opinion, this was the game last week, and uh, and Maryland showed they were the best team in the game. You know what? Uh, it it, it, it it was kind of just like I I wanted to pick Rutgers to win. I felt like they had a good chance, but I just feel like Maryland and Tulia Tungvalu. I kind of felt like they were just felt like the better team, like throughout the entire year. Honestly, they they when Maryland plays good, complimentary football and don't shoot themselves in the foot, they are a really good team. This offense is high explosive. The defense is a little shaky. They give up and give up big 
yards plays at time. But when they're playing complementary football and not shooting themselves in the foot, it feels like this team can compete with those top teams in the Big Ten East if they, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot. You know, this is Mike Loxley's third year now. They get into a bowl game uh, for the Maryland for their first time since, uh, was it, what is it, 2016, 2017, something like that? Yeah, it was 2016. 2016. So you know what? Maryland's back on the right track. You know what? This is what happened to the Gophers in 2018. They got that six wins, and they used that momentum and those practices to build up to next year. So maybe you could see Maryland be one of those sneaky teams in the Big Ten East uh, as they go to 6-6. Six and six and it won't be a good bowl game. We all know that's probably going to be a Tier 3 bowl game. But, you know, extra practices are extra practices, and they can help them jumpstart next year and get more uh, practices for those freshmen. Yeah, absolutely. They um, Another whole other month for any team that gets six wins is huge because any of those young guys just can continue to develop for a whole other – I mean, basically a month. I mean, you get, you know, three, four weeks depending on what bowl game you're in. You could get all the way up to possibly five weeks. So though getting a six win is huge, especially if you were saying for a team that hasn't been bowl eligible now for five years. So – a lot of those guys um, are excited to keep it, their season going. Rutgers, too bad. Uh, they just couldn't keep it going. But they definitely, i say it was a better year than they've had in the Big Ten. Probably one of their better years in the Big Ten. Uh, first year. Yeah, two and seven. We'll see if they can, uh, what success they'll have next year. The Landon Lincoln Trophy was won by the Illinois Fighting Illini last week by a score of 47 to 14 over the Northwestern Wildcats. Yeah. This one felt like it was personal for Illinois. They haven't knocked off Northwestern in a, in a pretty decent amount of time. And it just felt like they took that out. On Saturday, they were they they wanted that hat back. They wanted the trophy back, and they went out and they just played. They just destroyed Northwestern. Simple as that. Uh, you, you know what? This Illinois team was shaky up and down the entire year. They had some really good wins. They had some really confusing losses. They ended five at seven, so they would not be going to a bowl game this year. But you know what? Illinois Brett Bielema's first year, and not really having that much of a team. A lot of guys either left, transferred, and they kind of felt like they, their roster wasn't really what. It, what BLM wanted to be kind of just feel like it, they're missing pieces and they go five and seven and four and five in the conference. I think that's a good year for Illinois. They uh they finished fifth in the Big Ten West ahead of Nebraska and Northwestern. Northwestern now has gone last to first and last to first and last in four seasons now. So are they know, making a run in twenty twenty two? That's what I'm saying. I, th- North, I think they are. Even Northwestern next year they got a chance to become Big Ten West champs. So if if you're if you like uh. If you like patterns and stuff, uh, maybe put some money on Northwestern. They probably will be a decent-sized favorite to to win the West for the Big Ten. So maybe if you want to make some make a good bet, I mean, it could be a possible one. But kind of disappointing year for Northwestern, 3-9, and 1-8. But you know what? Northwestern, you're either like at that peak or at that valley. This year is just a valley year for Northwestern. So who knows? Maybe next year they're in Minneapolis again. But this year they'll be at home for the rest of the season. Yep, disappointing season for Pat Fitzgerald and his Wildcats. Um, yeah, Illinois, I mean, they're 4-5. and five. That's the same record as Penn State had in the Big Ten. Um, Illinois had some, yeah, they had some wins over some ranked teams. You know, they beat Minnesota, beat uh, beat Penn State at the time was ranked. Um, both teams were ranked at the time. So, Illinois, I definitely get, I think that's a big momentum. I mean, I think it's a bit first big, really big first year for Brett Bielema and his squad. I think he'll be able to recruit because, you know, he's he, he seems like he finds a way to get respectable teams. Even, he, he, you know, he's at Arkansas, didn't have too much success, but in the Big Ten, he just finds a way to win some games. So, We'll see how they turn out next year. Um, the old Oaken bucket was up for grabs, and the Purdue Boilermakers said there's no way Indiana's keeping it. Or I'm not sure. Did, did they play last year? I, I had no idea. But there's no way that Indiana was going to have it after this game as the Purdue absolutely destroyed the Hoosiers 44-7. Yeah, you know, Purdue eight wins, one of their best seasons since 2000 and maybe that three season. 
They got they got eight wins, six and three in conference play. They took down number three Michigan State. They took down number two Iowa. They kind of have some bad losses on there, but you know what? This Purdue team, I think they're on the rise. The only thing that's gonna be tough to replace David Bell. He's gonna probably go to the NFL draft. Probably get uh, drafted in those top two rounds. But you know what? Aiden O'Connell, one of the more underrated quarterbacks and underappreciated quarterbacks in the country, honestly. He threw four touchdowns over 250 yards. This guy had a really good season. And it's like he wasn't getting that national attention that he deserved. He threw for over 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, had an 87 uh, QBR. That's third best in the country. He had a 72% uh, completion percentage. So, you, you know, you know, I feel like this guy was one of the more underrated quarterbacks this year. He is a senior. He'll be leaving after the year. But, you know, I feel like this guy can really play. It does help to have a really good a wide receiver on the outside. But you still got to make the throws. You still got to read the defense. And, you know, he. I think he's probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks. And he had a great year for Indiana. Just such a disappointing year. 0-9 from uh, their one loss last year. And they went 0-9 in the conference. 2-10. Uh, overall, just disappointing year for Tom Allen and the guys. So we'll have to see if they can bounce back or if that Indiana year was just a, a, a fluke. Yeah, maybe you know. It, right now, it's looking like it was an absolute fluke. Like they just, they um, that, that that's such a that's such a different. You know, you're at the top, second place in the Big Ten East, going to the Outback Bowl, and then all of a sudden, just yeah, absolutely just fall off and. I mean, it was not like they were losing close. They got killed in almost almost all these games they lost, especially near the end of the year. They just had no confidence in the world, no no chance. They didn't think they had a chance at all, I bet. But, um, yeah, tough year for Indiana. Purdue, good year for them, eight wins. You know, they had some uh, win over a top-two team in Iowa. So we'll see what bowl game they get in. Um, and one more um, Big Ten game from last week to talk about, and that was the Minnesota Golden Gophers winning at home against the Wisconsin Badgers for the first time in 18 years. They beat them in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. 23 to 13 to reclaim Paul Blaney's axe. Yeah, you know what? Both teams couldn't rush the ball. But you know what? Going to this game, I had a feeling whatever quarterback played better, their team was going to win the game. And Tanner Morgan outplayed Graham Mertz. Simple as that. Morgan had a touchdown, uh, almost one yard away from 200 yards. Mertz had no touchdowns, only 171 passing yards. Both had an interception that both led to turnovers. Mich- Morgan's being a pick six, but uh, Mertz is being. Uh, touchdown for the Gophers after two plays. So you know what? It, it just felt like both these defenses was were not letting each of the offenses run the ball. They're like, you had to throw it on us. And Minnesota t- t- just did a better job, honestly, with the def- with their passing game. But this Gopher defense, uh, they, they completely did not allow uh, Braylon Allen to get anything. It, they did not let 40, him, 47 yards? They didn't. They had 47 yards of 14 for his longest. They were not letting him get any holes. They were not letting him get him touch the edge. And you know what? They had a game plan, and they executed perfectly. Uh, they played Golden Go football, but, but you know what? It, it was a pretty even game, honestly. Minnesota had the ball for 20 more seconds. Both had a turnover. Both had around 270-ish yards. Wisconsin made a little less. Wisconsin had 17 first downs. Minnesota had 16. This was a very even game. Tanner Morgan stopped playing Grant Mertz, and I think that was a really big difference of the game. 
Absolutely, yeah, I agree. The defense, they it just seemed every single time Wisconsin was trying to run the ball or get something going, they just swarmed tackle. And it, was, it wasn't even just one guy. It was two, three, four, five, six. Like, everybody was getting in on the fun. And anytime someone hit him, two or three, four more guys were right there to bring him down. So it just seemed like Wisconsin, they struggled. I mean, there, there was times Wisconsin was able to move the ball, but it just seemed like any time Wisconsin had any type of momentum, we responded just like that. Like, it was so quick. Like, the Wally interception to start the second half was huge. And then, we, you know what? We take the lead, and then they go down, and we but we stop them, get a field goal. Like they get close, and even on their first drive, they, they get down to what it was like the five or six yard line. And we hold them to a field goal. Like that is huge. That a play, plays like that are huge. And when you don't even let them in the end zone, when's the last? I, I gotta look that up. When's the last time Minnesota did not let, give up an offensive touchdown to Wisconsin? It, I mean, Wisconsin's had some of the best offenses in the Big Ten for the last thirty years now. So that was a great defensive performance. I wouldn't say Tanner Morgan was amazing, but he played good enough to win. Absolutely, he's those a couple of those throws he made. Brevin Span Ford actually had three really nice catches. A couple of them. Um, run after catch and yeah, great, great, um, great play calling by Joe Rossi. And he was super fun to be able to storm the field and you know, yeah, great. Get, it was an elite atmosphere for sure. Oh, it was, it was amazing and even better. That, I got to give a big shout out to the goal production. Whoever was in charge of the scoreboard, they they knew it. They they knew and they understood the assignment. Uh, they kept the fans uh, involved in the game. They kept the, the crowd rowdy, and I think that really in the end, I think that really helped uh, get get a victory. In the end, honestly, having that twelfth man for the stands, and uh, playing a jump around after the game was just—it was just class. It was the, uh, the the ice the cherry on top. It was just the the best part. You couldn't top it. And that was that was that was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. I'm gonna talk about uh, last week's top ten matchups um, from the final regular season week. We're gonna start off number ten in the country, the Oklahoma State Sooners. They fall in, still no. Is it is it Stillwater? Uh, Stillwater to the Oklahoma State Cowboys, thirty-seven to thirty-three in Bedlam. Yeah, you know what? Looking at this game, I think this was a shootout. This is good old-fashioned shootout for the Big Twelve. No, simple as that. These two after the first after that first half, these two teams did not allow much. I've been and people have been saying like, oh, it's Oklahoma State defense isn't for real. They're just playing cupcake teams. You know what? This team they wanted to prove something. They wanted to take down the rival for the first time. In, seven uh, years. Seven years, and they got it done. Uh, Caleb Williams, that dude put, left his heart on the field, but in the end it just couldn't happen, and he, he, he made as many plays as he could, just one play too short. But you know what? The, the, this was one of the most exciting Bedlam games for Oklahoma, for Oklahoma State fans in a long time. Uh, the place was going crazy. And this is what rivalry is all about. They get bragging rights for a year now, and then they got to back it up next year. Gonna, uh, in Norman, you know what? This might be that might have been the last time that that game is at Stillwater with Oklahoma going to the SEC soon. You don't know if this rivalry gets. It could be one of those Texas Texas and M uh, games where this rivalry just may get just lost. I hope it doesn't. This is one of the best games of the year. But you know what? Uh, if this was the last game at Stillwater, it was a it was an instant classic. To put it as simple as that. When is the year they're planning to move? Do we, do we have a year yet? Within five years. Within they just. I think it's – you hope that something like that where they've met like 115 times, something like that, you hope that that tradition can keep going and they don't just stop it because of a conference. I mean, Georgia plays Georgia Tech every year, so there's. I think that, I think there's a good chance they keep that. that. That's a historical rivalry, and these teams have met forever. So, And, I mean, Oklahoma State showing right now it's competitive and that they can beat them. So, yeah, that was a great game. I mean, I agree. Caleb Williams left everything on the field. He fought hard. He just They just came up a little bit short, Oklahoma State. I mean, there's – there were some there were some mishaps on uh, special teams a drop punt inside the five or both teams but um, Oklahoma State caught a break there and they ended up scoring and taking I mean 
And they also got lucky that um, on Sportsnet that they didn't call. They picked it up. Uh, the I rules. I, I still don't know how that was. The rules analyst was saying that Oklahoma State got lucky, and if they don't call that, maybe Oklahoma State loses that game. So that there's a lot of things that could have gone um, Oklahoma's way, but the Cowboys find a way to win, and they beat the Sooners for only the 19th time ever in like the last 115 years. <laughs> Moving on, on Thanksgiving Day, the Egg Bowl took place in Starkville. The Ole, the Ole Miss Rebels got a win over the Bulldogs, 31-21. Yeah, it was raining down there. But you know what? Matt Carell and this, and this Ole Miss team, 10 wins. They're going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. What a great season by Lane Kiffin. Like, you know what? I didn't expect this from Ole Miss. I thought I, I, with Lane Kiffin going to Ole Miss, I thought they'd, they'd get better. I thought I'd see some more eight wins, some more nine wins. So 10 wins in the second season. His first full official season, uh, you know, great win. Mike Leach also the Mississippi State team now drops seven to five. Still pretty good, honestly. Uh, when you go four and four in the one of the hardest divisions in all of college football, so you know what they got. They got a win over a And M. Uh, they, they they got some big wins, but you know Mississippi State just couldn't make enough plays. Uh, they kind of didn't really score that many points till garbage time, and Ole Miss kind of felt like they kind of spread it more out evenly across the game. And, I think that's the real reason why Ole Miss won this football game. Yeah, Ole Miss definitely wants some uh, some of these teams that are um, right now in the playoff to win because if anything weird happens and some of these teams get knocked out, there's a chance Ole Miss might not be in a New Year's Six, but it's looking pretty good for them to be in the Petro Fiesta Bowl. Uh, moving on, number eight in the country, the uh, Baylor, Bears. Baylor Bears got a win over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. In Waco, twenty-seven, twenty-four. Yeah, you know, closer than Baylor probably would have liked it, but Texas Tech, they did Texas Tech. They had a chance at the end to missed kick a game-winning field goal, but it was uh, no good. And Baylor comes out with the win. Dave Aranda, that that guy, in a second year, just another second-year coach getting a program to ten wins, a top ten finish. They're playing for the Big Twelve championship game. It's just crazy what what this Baylor, this Baylor team in twenty nineteen was one of the best in the country. 2020, they take a step down, they take a step back with Matt Rule going Panthers. Dave Aranda's first year there was kind of a little struggly. But you know what? Second year gets his team, Baylor team back where they were in 2019 and uh, they get to 10 wins. The sky's the limit. You know what? This Baylor team can compete with, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving soon. This to me it looks like it's gonna be Baylor's and Oklahoma State's new conference to take over, and uh, I think Baylor set for the future. And Texas Tech, they get a three, six and six, so they'll be the bowl game as well. Abs- absolutely. Almost fully upset, but yeah, feet short. I think Baylor with a a win or a loss here, they're um they're guaranteed a Sugar Bowl appearance. But you know, if these weird things happen, Baylor could sneak into the playoff. There there is a possibility with all these weird things. I mean, we could go over some of the scenarios, but there a lot of weird things could happen. And somebody said, "I want crazy." They just want this, you know, they want chaos. They want chaos. They want absolutely just weird things to happen where you could have some two lost teams in the playoff, but. That could happen, but we'll see. Uh, number seven, Oklahoma State. We talked about them. They beat the Sooners in Bedlam. Number six, Notre Dame, who has kind of been in the, the news over the last couple of days for probably the reason they don't want to be, but uh, they got a win on the farm 45-14 over the Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, Notre Dame, they finished 11-1 with that one last course being to Cincinnati. They did play a, they did play a pretty cupcake schedule, I'm not going to lie. Uh, some of these teams they played this year, not the best competition, but you know what? They still got to play the game, and it's still harder to – Hard to win with these eighteen to twenty-two year olds, so they get the job done. They get to eleven and one. They not, not only thing for Notre Dame, they got to sit back and watch this week. Cause they are in no conference, and they had to just they got to hope some teams inside that top twenty, top four take a 
take an L, and they maybe they could, they could boost into that top four spot. Yep, Notre Dame, they have 11 wins. Uh, they've had double-digit win seasons five years in a row now, but um, do, do we want to talk about their other story, or should we talk about it later? We'll talk, we'll talk about it just a little bit later. Why moving, going on? moving on, number five, Michigan. We talked about them. They defeat the Buckeyes in the game. Uh, number four in the country, the Cincinnati Bearcats got a win over the Eastern Carolina Panthers. Yeah, Cincinnati, they finished the 11th. Or Pirates, excuse me, Pirates. What did you say? I said Panthers. <laughs> Pirates. No, they are the Pirates. They are the Purple Pirates. Uh, Cincinnati, yep, they finished the regular season undefeated and uh, with no blemishes against their record. Again, one they do play in the American, though. So that will be taken into effect by the committee. But right now they're in, and right now it looks like they're one game, one win away from the first ever group of five team in the college football playoff. They got to take care of a good Houston team this week. We'll get to that game later. But you know, East Carolina they gave up, they gave them a good fight in that first quarter, but Cincinnati offense just too explosive, too much talent, and they put up thirty five uh, points after the first quarter. Uh, so you know what, Cincinnati they got one more game to go, and kind of just gotta hope everything goes chalk and they should be in. Yeah, you gotta hope for them that I mean. If they win the game, you, a lot of people can say they're in, but I think it's tough with Oklahoma State back there because who would you put in a one-loss Oklahoma State? It depends, depends what happens in the it's SEC. Just, it just, it's just so, it's so crazy. So, But Cincinnati's done everything up to this point that they can. Um, they obviously could have won some of these games in, their, in the year a little bit better, but the committee, they're giving a lot of respect for they've been in the playoff for the last two weeks at the four seeds. So we'll see. they got to take care of business this week to officially give them a chance. With a loss, I think they're absolutely out. There's no way, but... Um, Cincinnati moves to twelve and zero, undefeated for the second time, undefeated regular season for the second time. Um, Brian Kelly was a little coach the last time they did that, two thousand nine. Uh, moving on, number three in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide won a close Iron Bowl in Jordan Hare, where they probably should have lost. Probably should have lost. They had a point one percent chance to win that game with about two minutes remaining. Think about it. This is like the this is basically Super Bowl fifty three when Atlanta had a 99.7 chance to win. But you know what? Auburn had a 99.9% chance to win. How do you blow that? Yeah, at, at, with 1.54 left on the clock, Alabama called timeout. Auburn had a 99.9% chance to win the ball game, and they lose in four overtimes. You know what? I've been kind of giving uh, Bryce Young a lot of crap this year. I thought he was just fortunate to be in this Alabama, Alabama system, but he, he brought his team down down the field with less than two minutes, and he tied this game up in a hostile environment. Uh, I know we didn't get to watch because we have to go for a game, but when you, whenever you see a game going to four overtimes, you just know it was a good game. And, uh, you know, Auburn, they fall to six and six. Uh, I wouldn't say, like, I would kind of hold this against Alabama, but not as much as it is a rivalry game, so you don't really know. It's always, they always I feel like Auburn always plays them tough at home for sure. So, you know what? It was a good game, Alabama. Uh, they go to 11-1, and they're in, they'll be in the SEC championship game against the Georgia Bulldogs, who uh, they had a pretty impressive win as well this week. There's something weird about uh, Notre Dame, or Notre Dame, Alabama playing at Auburn. There's just something weird about it. I mean, the last this is the last five games now, and the Auburn probably you know, they should have won the game. So that would have been four of the last five. They've won, I mean, there's just something weird about you know, Alabama playing there. I mean, that, that's just it's good football. I mean, you know, Auburn's, they're not that good of a team compared to Alabama, but that – that's that's a tough game for I mean tough game for Auburn. I mean you had them too. You had them you had them one. You're ten ten nothing in the fourth quarter. It's up ten three, and then that big uh what ninety three yard ninety four yard drive. I mean that's that is huge. So yeah, um, Alabama keeps their playoff hopes alive. Uh, um, Young keeps his hope ups for the Heisman. And he, right now he's the front runner, which 
to me, there's just not there's not even a like a, a given like absolute Heisman right now. I think it's really anybody. I think whoever makes a statement in the last week or two here, because don't they decide that a week from tomorrow? So that's I mean I think these conference title games are basically the Heisman defining games if for anybody who's in it. Moving on, number two in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes lost to the Michigan Wolverines, and the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, took care of business forty-five to zero against. Georgia Tech took your business and took over the stadium. I saw a picture of the stadium in Atlanta. It was, it was like 80% red. They, the Bulldog fans took over Georgia Tech Stadium. Uh, they were messing around with them all week. They were probably like, oh, these guys are doing some homework probably in their dorm. And uh, I think the players were, were as well because they did not show up. Uh, they had zero points. And uh, Georgia, they were basically in. Uh, no, Even if they lose this week, I think they are in. So Georgia's a lot for the playoff. Just what seed will they be? One or probably maybe three. Yeah, Georgia pretty much a lock. We don't. I don't see how they get. Uh, I don't see how they get knocked out with anybody behind them really. Um, that much better than them. Moving on from last week's games, um, we're talking about Lincoln Riley, head coach of Oklahoma. He left um, Norman, Oklahoma, to become the next head coach at the University of Southern California. Kind of funny in his press game, post game press conference, guys were asking him. Uh, questions and he's like i'm not going to lsu and uh well he wasn't lying he went somewhere else yeah you know i did not see this coming i thought he was going to stay in oklahoma for probably a lot longer than he was uh you know what my my i have two i have two sides of this of what you could say about lincoln riley the first side is he might be scared to play in the sec you know what the sec is a tough conference plan and oklahoma they might be eight and four nine and three to go to the ACC, and you know, Sooner fans might not be happy with that. But the only thing, this guy is a great recruiter. And this Southern California area that he is now in has so much talent, has so much players in there. You could take that whole thing and they can make a college football team right exactly. there. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think that's why he took the job. I don't think he was scared of the SEC. I think, I think a lot of people are going to say that. But I think he saw, sees the talent and he sees the opportunity he has in Southern California. And let's be real here. The Pac-12, besides Oregon and Utah, there's really no other solid teams that are consistently up there. So I think he's going to compete at in day one. I think he's going to get this program turned around. I can really see this uh, this uh, Southern California team being a threat next year, honestly, to make the college football playoff. Yeah, Stanford and Utah are, I mean, Stanford and Washington have kind of fallen off the last couple years from where they've been. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I mean, at a program like that, obviously the expectations are going to be high and any coach is going to have troubles, but... He's not going to go there and have trouble getting people to buy in to, you know, in USC football because they have such a proud tradition and such a huge fan base that people are going to go in there and I bet they're going to welcome him in and then hope he has success because if he doesn't, you know, it's going to be tough for him. But if he has success right away, people are going to buy in because USC wants to get back to being the, you know, the top 10 every year and contending for a national title, which they really haven't been that. A couple years ago, they were pretty good with Sam Darnold for a few years. But other than since uh, Pete Carroll's been, they really haven't been right at the top so I think they're trying to get back to that and I think uh, Lincoln Riley I bet, I, bet, I bet he does I bet he gets them up to that point I don't know if they get to the playoff but I bet he gets them to being very relevant in uh, in college football again moving on from Lincoln, or Lincoln Riley moving to uh, the, the Pac, from the Big 12 to the Pac-12 we're going to move on here and talk about Washington State the Apple Cup the Washington State was it Cougars? Is that is that correct? The Cougars they defeat the Huskies for the first time in nine in years Seattle. in Seattle, and they storm the field on the road. That's the funniest thing I ever saw. The moment I saw that, I'm like, this is hilarious. Uh, 
did the Iowa fans turn the Metrodome once though? Two thousand two, yeah, they took it over. Stole, they took the goalposts out and ran it up out of the stadium. Yeah, you know that, that's a that's a, one of the more embarrassing pro, uh, moments in go for program history. But we're gonna talk, that's not the that's not the talk of the time right now. I never seen before in my life because that was before I was born. So you know what? It was pretty funny to see all those Washington State fans uh, starting to feel. But I gotta wonder who gets fined, Washington State or Washington. Who's going to pay that fine that the Pac-12 is going to send out for that? Fine. For what? For storming the field. Well, how, how do you get a fine for storming the field? You get a fine for storming the field. You don't know this? I did not know that. That's yeah, the thing. So you, you get you fine money. So do you, who do you think is going to get that? Who do you think is getting fined then? Uh, probably Washington or Washington State for doing it, but I mean, I I, I don't blame anybody that stormed the field. You just beat your rival. I mean, your ri- your rival for yeah, you haven't beaten them in a while, and it's on the road, so why not rub it in their face? And what, what are they gonna do? But I just I, I think that's I think it's dumb if you have to get in trouble for something like that, unless you you know you're damaging the field or hurting people or doing anything that bad. But um, yeah, I I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. It's just, that's just passion. That's rivalry week. Moving on, talking about the transfer pro. There's been a lot of chaos. I mean, you. With a lot of coaches changing, there's going to be guys transferring. And the transfer part, to me, I just, I kind I like how guys can move. But to me, it just seems like any type of, any time a player is facing any type of adversity or they don't like it, they're like, oh, I can easily just let get rid of it. And I don't think you're getting, these players are getting taught any lessons. Like we just, we heard the Ohio State quarterback, what's uh, Eider, Levi, or no, not Eider, um, what's his name? Quinn Ewers. Ewers. Um, he just, I, I feel like he just, he just left. I mean, I. I don't know. We don't. We don't know all the story, but I feel like if he knows he's not going to be the starter, at all, he's not going to work for it. And he's just going to leave. I. I just. I, there's sometimes I don't like it. Yeah, you know what? Well, I. I understand these coaches leaving. You also have a lot of uh, decommits now and team players coming into new teams. So no, you know what? The thing I. I find the most crazy about all these coaches leaving, yeah, we'll get, is like they're leaving one program, a prestigious program, for another prestigious program, and then that prestigious program has to fill the void now. Because Brian Kelly, the new coach at LSU, Notre Dame is a high, uh, a high destination place you want to coach, and you know what they have, they found their new coach, uh, Marcus. What was the last name? Do you know, do we know the last name? Uh, Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman for Notre Dame. For Notre Dame. Yep. He is the new head coach, so it's kind of just crazy. Because usually it's uh, it's uh, you see like these uh school like these lower level group of five teams, uh, like PJ Fleck. He came from Western Michigan to Minnesota. Uh, but got Lincoln Raleigh going from Oklahoma to uh, USC. USC now. So now you get the whole client job open. It's just crazy. This, this chain of effects that we're seeing right now is just something I've never seen before. And I, 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 I it's just it's a lot of shakeup next year. Not familiar faces in uh, new clothes next year for sure. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Brian Kelly. You see, he tried to like fake a. And they said like fake in a southern accent yeah, or something. Two minute speech for this team. I just, uh, just kind of. Like, what do you what what move do you like better, the Lincoln Riley move or the Brian Clay move? I'd say like well. I don't even know, because I think both of them are very strange. Because to me, you're both at, you know, I think Oklahoma's a bit of a little bit bigger brand right now because of you know they can make the playoff. They have a better chance not this year, but they have a better chance to make the playoff than um, than Notre Dame does, and. If you look at the history of Notre Dame, nobody that any coach has had Notre Dame, they don't they haven't left to go somewhere you know better or places people think are better because I mean if you look all the guys have retired because the job's too difficult they don't they don't leave to go somewhere else so it's definitely an interesting move I I, I was very surprised by that I mean he's had so much success there and he's had such a great you know twelve years I mean they've been to the playoff twice national championship game 
uh, another New Year's Six Bowl. They've been to plenty of bowl games. I mean, he's really had about one bad year, so I'm just that was a surprise to go to LSU. I just I feel like that's not the place. Maybe Alabama, maybe that's the place. But I, that's a very that's a very interesting move. Uh, Lincoln Riley the same. I mean, you've had I mean, you've been to the playoff what three three times now. I mean, three or four times. Like, I just very surprised by that too. Um, I feel like. Riley's going to get a little bit more out of it because USC, I think, is going to be a better than LSU. I think LSU um, is a big deal for Brian Kelly, too. But I, I just, the very, both surprising moves. I did not see these coming. Yeah. Um, for ex- sure. Especially the, and both of I them, mean, like Brian Kelly, I said the day before, he's, they, because they have all, they have every trophy. For every trophy they play for, Notre Dame has it right now. And they play for like a big, like, I don't even know, like a, a glass. It looks like a big cup or something. He, he drank, he always drinks Gatorade out of it. He drank it the next day, he left them. So it just leaves them. But it's just very, or a couple days later, it's very weird. To see something like that where you're bonding with your players and then you just say, all right, I'm leaving. It's just very, very interesting, uh, very interesting topics. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about um, and preview this week's the Big Ten Championship game is uh, this Saturday um, at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, 7 o'clock, is that, is that kickoff? Is that correct? So, uh, the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines, uh, they will play the 13th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, win of the Big Ten West. Uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, you know what? Both these teams, look, at the end of the year, I don't think you pick them to make the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, I, I, going into the week, honestly, you probably go Ohio State, Wisconsin. You know what? We get Michigan and Iowa. And I, I, this, I, I feel like the chips are really stuck against Iowa. Their offense is not the best. And I think this Michi, Michigan defense will hold them to a lot of, uh, to, to a lot of nothing, honestly. But you know what? Iowa's had their success against Michigan. In uh, 2017, they took down the Wolverines at home. So, you know, they've had their shared success against the Wolverines, but if you're Michigan, you know you're 1-1 away from that cultural playoff. You're, you're 1-1 away from what Jim Har- Harbaugh uh, has set out for this uh, when he took the job. So you know what? The Big Ten Championship game is always a game to look forward to. Uh, both two teams with double-digit wins, uh, so you know what? I'm look really looking forward to this game. I I I think uh, in order for Michigan to win, they had to just do what they had to do. do a hot state. They had to put up. If Michigan puts up over thirty points, they're gonna win for sure. But for Iowa, you gotta keep this Michigan team to hold them to field goals, and you get and you gotta win the turnover battle. Simple as that. If you want a chance for Iowa. It's kind of it to me. It's very refreshing to see a game like this. Obviously, these are kind of rivals of Minnesota, so not as a Minnesota fan, but as a conference. I mean, you you've had a team in Ohio State that's won the last four in a row. It just it gets really boring. And I mean, Michigan finally beat them. You know, a team that I mean, nobody had beat him. Ryan Day's well, he's lost. That's his first Big Ten. That loss. was his first Big Ten loss. I mean, I mean, he, the first game he lost at Oregon. I mean, it's just crazy. The first regular season loss that I mean, Michigan and Michigan and Iowa. They um. The last time they won a Big Ten title, two thousand four, they split it. Um, the last this time year would be outright. Michigan, yeah, the last time Michigan won an outright, two thousand three. Last time Iowa won an outright, I gotta go way back nineteen. No, not that's a split. Nineteen eighty five. Last time they won an outright, the Big Ten title. So, it's been a long while for both of these teams. Um, they've been very good. They just haven't really been the best in the Big Ten. As Ohio State's really taken over that role. Um, Michigan looking for their forty third Big Ten title. Iowa looking for their twelfth. So. Yeah, you got two story programs here. Uh, I think it should be a great game. Um, you know, it seems like I bet they'll have a, a raucous crowd. Always seems like they get uh, good crowds for that championship game. Gus Johnson, I believe, on the call. Um, he's called every championship game, and I, I bet it'll be a great one. Moving on, we're gonna talk about this week's Knicks or Knicks top twenty-five upset to watch 
Uh, you don't have that many games to choose from, but uh, what's your what's your pick? Yeah, there's two options for me, and I'm gonna go with the with the Sun Belt. I got I think Appalachian State. Uh, I think they take down Louisiana. I Louisiana Billy Napier and the new head coach head coach of Florida. I think uh, these these Louisiana guys uh, with their head coach gone, new coach this week for practice. I don't think they're ready for the for Appalachian State. So I think uh, I think the Mountaineers take take down the take down the. The Raging Cajuns in a shootout. Trying to hit another uh, upset. He's hit quite a few this year. Something like 9 out of 13 or 10 out of 13. We'll have to go back. We'll have to, for our next show, we'll have to go back and go look at all our stats and break them down. I'd say that. We should do that. All right, Nick, trying to hit another upset. Moving on. Uh, we're going to kind of recap uh, Minnesota's regular season, just go over what we thought and pick, think about or talk about what their bowl destination possibly could be. You know what? Week one started, of course, that Thursday night game against Ohio State. It was a great game. They kept it close, but when Mo Ibrahim got injured in that second half, you could just feel the, you could just feel the energy, uh, leave the stadium a little bit, and it was pretty disappointing to, to have that honestly. But you know what? It is, it is what it is, and they they they've got down to their fifth and sixth string running backs this year, and they still find a way to win eight games. You know what, you could argue probably should have been 10, honestly. They did have that loss to Bowling Green. And Illinois. At, at home in Illinois. So, you know what, those two games, probably they should have lost. They probably should have won. They did lose. And then, uh, but they did have some big wins. They had, they had a win at uh, Purdue. That's a big win. They had a win at home against Wisconsin. That's a big win. Uh, they they kind of had a they had a loss to Iowa on the road that they probably could have had back. You know what, Minnesota eight and four. I'm not really gonna complain about that. That's a good win for the Gophers, a good season for the Gophers. But you know what, they gotta just get ready for their bowl game this week, and this uh, they'll figure out where they're going. Uh, my prediction is uh, the Music City Bowl in Nashville. I think they're gonna play uh, Tennessee. Uh, what do you What do you think, Ryan? What about um, the season and what bowl game? I'd say this season was kind of up and down. I'd say. I mean, our first game we had a. It was during the varsity football game against Hopkins. So I mean, we were up by so many points. I was I was checking the score of the game at halftime, and I don't think anybody really cared. Um, we were up thirty five nothing. But um, I remember look. I was like, whoa, we're winning. I couldn't believe it. And then when we left to get on the bus, we were up in the third quarter. And I was like, man, we might have a chance here. And then uh, Mo got hurt and kind of struggled in the fourth quarter. But after that, it was like, okay, we'll see how we respond. And we won the next two in a row. It seemed like okay, we were start building momentum. And then when we lose to Bowen Green, I was just. I was very confused. I was just, hmm. I was kind of wondering. All right, this at that time I thought this team had no direction. Like, we're. I mean, we barely beat Miami, Ohio. Had a great win against Colorado. Shut them out. And then you just go all the way down. I mean, you you scored ten points against Bowling Green. Bowling like Bowling Green's like ranked one hundred twentieth out of all these teams in the college football. I mean, that's that's a terrible loss. Probably one of the worst loss. Probably the worst loss in PJ's tenure here. Um, but I thought at the time there's there's no direction for this team. Um, they go on the road and they got a win against Purdue and then they won what they won three more after that they won four in a row to get to six and two and it was like we get ranked we get ranked I mean it seemed like okay this team's rolling they're they're gonna contend they're for a, they're what they're ro- rolling and rowing they're, con- they're gonna contend for a Big Ten West title looks like and then you have a letdown against Illinois in a game just very similar to the Bowling Green game where the defense played good enough to win not even close there and the offense just very inconsistent and um, I, I think uh, Mike Sanford let go or just a few days ago so. Is there news? Kirk Schrocker, is he coming back? Is that official? Almost. Almost official. That Hopefully that's uh, hopefully we'll see how he can do because, you know, Tanner's coming back, so I think they'll have a lot of, you know, you guys that work together for uh, multiple years and with PJ too. So 
Um, but then after that loss to Iowa game, they definitely could have won. Um, but the last two games, great, great games, team all around. The defense has played really well since uh, since that Iowa game. So my prediction is is I I don't know my prediction what I think I think my prediction they should go to the Outback Bowl because if you look at these uh, Big Ten teams, you'll have a team probably in the playoff, a team in the Rose Bowl, a team in the Peach, and maybe the Fiesta Bowl, and then you're gonna have a um, a team in the Citrus Bowl or the Outback. So I think the Gophers should be in the Outback Bowl because they have the same record as Wisconsin. It shouldn't matter about your fan base or who's going to bring more money. It should matter who deserves it. It should be Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. Mm-hmm. And one more thing for the season. I think the word to describe the season for the Gophers was consistently inconsistent. I think that's kind of summarizes the entire year. Actually, I think um, it's kind of been in kind of chunks. Like the beginning of the year, I felt really good. Then after the Bowling Green game, it kind of goes down. And then you went four in a row, it's up. Then you lose two in a row, it's down. It's and then you win two in a row. I think this whatever bowl game this will be, I think this is a big bowl game just to get momentum going into the off season. And I think last year was very difficult, but I think the ending of this year, if they can win this game, I th- I just feel like PJ's teams were so from building from seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, he he was just building up. They just kept getting better and better. And I feel like last year they just dropped down, but they're back to being they're building every single game and getting better. So I think they're back on track to go and do what PJ's vision is and go on to win the Big Ten West and Big Ten titles. I think they're right back on track for that. I think this year was a big uh, big deal for that. And like you said, we didn't even have our top three running backs in basically the whole season. You know, you have multiple guys get hurt out for the year, um, and this team just continued to respond defensively. I think they're really strong. We'll see, you know, who can come back for next year with the eligibility. But I think they, they have a bright future for next year. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on and talk about uh, the bowl eligible teams. I mean, there's – was it, is it 84 teams now, or 83 teams that are bowl eligible, um, 13 of them in the SEC, that, 13 of 14 teams, and it's uh, not fun to Vanderbilt's be, account. not fun to be, I, I don't even, how many Vanderbilt football fans are actually in the world? I mean, they're like five, I think you could, over uh, under five and could, a half, could you fit them all in one building, do you think you could fit them in, uh, you probably could all fit, in, fit them in your basement, honestly, do you think, do you, think uh, you can fit them in, uh, I mean, no, 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 an undisclosed location, yeah, don't, don't give it away, nobody knows where, where we film, where this is, that we call our secret uh, location my basement. That's that's yeah, the, that's it's, the name it's of code it. Code word. No, nobody has any clue. I mean, if, if you try to find us, uh, you, you just won't. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. Do you think you could fit them all on on a football field? Do you think you'd fit them all? You probably have some I, I, room you, in the end zone. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I there can't be many Vanderbilt fans. They have had really no history at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's fun to see a lot of teams that are good. I mean, there's there's plenty of six and six teams in college football. Um, I, that hurts any team that's five and seven looking to get into a bowl game. I think mean, there might be one that because you said they, they they did add a bowl game. They added a bowl game to get to eighty four. So I think one five and seventeen might possibly get jumps uh, into one of those bowl games. So I wonder will that be played at a home field or I don't know. I wonder what because I saw maybe we can sponsor a bowl game, the Elite Football Talk Bowl. Okay, we we should uh we should um yeah we should try to get whoever okay. can any if you would like to our Venmo is eft dash twenty one. Spend almost ten dollars and we'll get that sponsorship. Oh, absolutely. We're um, but don't we have to pay money for the sponsorship? Yeah, they give us money so we can pay. For it. That's okay. So they give us money to pay them. Yeah. So they're funding. So they're funding us, but that so we're we, funding them. We, we take the we Va- take the money. They, yeah. I I don't know. That that's that's confusing. We'll, we'll set up a GoFundMe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I looked. The, there's no sponsor right now. Let's see, I wonder what you know. I'm assuming ESPN will broadcast it. But like, what day is it going to be on? I'm sure it's going to be like December twenty, like early twenty, something, something like that. I'd, I doubt it will be uh, too not too that uh, that big of a bowl game. All right, we are going to continue to move on, move along here in our week fourteen show. Uh, I'm going to talk about my big 
my big game of the week. Um, I think this one's an easy one. There's a lot of big games, but I think this one's the easiest one. You got number one versus number three in Atlanta. Um, winner is definitely going. Winner is guaranteed a spot in the playoff. And honestly, and um, even even a loss for Georgia, I think we're in. But Alabama fighting for their playoff lives, trying to get into the playoff for the seventh time in eight years. I mean, Nick Saban. He's he's an underdog here, and I have this stat. I think he's the underdog for only the sixth time ever at Alabama in like 15 seasons. So he has had plenty of success there, and I think he's six and one with Alabama in the SEC title game. So uh, I don't. They're gonna have all the confidence in the world. And I, w- I mean, I was talking to some people um earlier this week, and if you look about Georgia, really has not played that difficult of a schedule. They dominate teams, but. It hasn't been as bad as some of these other teams. They don't play. They've been playing. You know, some of these teams have been in the top ten, but I don't know how good. Like Arkansas wasn't that good. I don't think at the time. Kentucky, I don't know. You know, they're not the you know the top of the line, but they. Have, I think this is their best challenge yet. I think this is where we find out how good Georgia really is. I think they are the best team, and I think they will. They'll probably end up beating Alabama, but I think they are the the, the best team in the country. Yeah, the last ten years that Alabama and Georgia have played, Alabama has won every single matchup with the closest game. Being that national championship game, they went where Alabama won in overtime by three. So, you know, Alabama, they they've had Georgia's history, uh, but I think history, I think history might be on the side of the Bulldogs this year. Let's see though. Yeah, I think this is definitely the biggest game because it's a top three matchup, and that's that has ton of implications here. I'm gonna look at these um, uh, wins, the all time wins, the the record between these two. I mean, Alabama's won six in a row. Georgia has not beaten them since 2007 in Tuscaloosa in Nick Saban's first year. So he's uh, he's had plenty of success against uh, the Bulldogs, as Saban has, and he's looking to continue that. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember when Georgia, they were in the SEC title game, and they faked that punt with Justin Fields. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kirby Smart got kind of upset that the playoff system was the way it was, and, but very confused why he did that. Um, probably cost him a playoff spot that year. But um, they're back in it, and we'll see how it works out on Saturday. College game day will be there for that one. Uh, we're going to talk about our reaction now. We're going to react to the week. Is it week five, I believe? Yeah, week five of the college football playoff rankings. There was definitely some movement here. You had some a couple top teams go down from uh, from a week ago. And, uh, Nick, you're going to start it off? Yeah, you know what? I, I thought these rankings were pretty fair. This is what I have. with what I predicted. The top six for sure. You have Georgia, Michigan, and Jumps of three to number two. Alabama stays at three. Cincinnati at four. Oklahoma at five. And Notre Dame at six. I like that Michigan over Alabama. I thought Michigan's win over Ohio State, which is more impressive. I know the committee did as well. Uh, of course, Ohio State, they dropped to uh, they dropped to seven with that loss. And then you had two teams drop out. You had Wisconsin, who lost to the Gophers. They dropped from 14 out. And then University of Texas San Antonio, the Beat Meeps, Meep. they, they suffered their first loss to the Mean Green Fight Machine. They lost to North Texas, which made North Texas Bowl eligible. Actually, they were 5-6 and six one of the week. So, you know what? Tough week for the Meep Meep. So we got two teams that finished the season undefeated: Georgia and Cincinnati. Uh, A&M drops to ten, drops ten spots. They were the this week's biggest loser that didn't lose, uh, that, that didn't drop, I should say. But you know, what? I really like to play off with Clemson. They are back in the top twenty. Uh, but you know, what? a pretty good season, pretty good week this week. I I really don't have much to clean about. Honestly. I agree. I think it's a pretty fair ranking. Every every team I think is in the the correct spot. Um, after this week, there's going to be some movement depending on who wins, who loses. Um, I believe there's six. Every week, I've been kind of mentioning how many teams have a shot. Right now, there's six teams. Um, Notre Dame's the team looking out. They're going to need. Um, they're going to need some teams to lose because I mean, if, if Georgia wins, that's knocking Alabama out. So then there's five. If Cincinnati loses, that knocks them out. And then if Oklahoma State or Michigan loses, Notre Dame has a chance. I, a lot of things have to happen. 
It's going to be very difficult. You have thoughts on that? I have a scenario for you. Like most chaotic scenario this week. Georgia beats Alabama. Iowa beats Michigan. Houston beats Cincinnati. And then Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Can I have your top four if that if the, if the ultimate that, situation happens? All right, so I, I have your top four. All right, so Georgia won. Georgia won. So then we'll you're be two for you. You're well. So then you're gonna have an eleven and two Michigan, eleven and two Alabama, Cincinnati. Throw them out. They're out. Eleven and two Oklahoma State. Eleven and two Baylor, who they would have split. But I mean, I because I, I don't know if you can put. You might. Can you put Notre Dame at two? I think you have to put Notre Dame. So you got to put Notre Dame at two, and then then I it's think I put Baylor. Then at it's three. probably a Baylor, and then. I mean, you put Iowa at four. I mean, does no, I, I don't think does Iowa, Iowa get it? Because they'll have the same record as Michigan, but Michigan probably is a better win over Ohio State. Um, Maybe an Oregon team if they can get a win in the back. Does yeah? Does Oregon? Um, does Oregon sneak in? I mean, I. It's a very very difficult. Um, I, that it would be really fun to see. I mean, obviously it's crazy, but it'd be very fun to see what happens because the committee's got a lot to think about. Because then it's not just six teams. I mean, you possibly have ten teams that have a chance to get in. So. I think for my scenario, if that happens, I go Georgia one, Notre Dame two, Baylor three, and whatever team had the had the least had the most convincing game that was close, I give them four. So if let's say Alabama loses by fifteen and Michigan loses by three, I give Michigan the bump and I put them at four. That's what. Yeah, I I'd, you know, I'd probably go Georgia one, Notre Dame two. Probably Baylor three if they win because if you have the same record and you just beat them in the Big Ten title, you got to put them, or Big Twelve you have to put them in, and then well, Ohio um, State maybe. I, don't I I don't think you can put Ohio State in with their loss against Michigan. I think Michigan will get. I think even with the loss, there's a chance Michigan could sneak in. Um, but I mean, I I think since I was at thirteen, I don't think there's that good of a chance that if they win and all these chaotic things happen, they could sneak in. I think it'd be very difficult. Um, for the committee to put them up there, but may- maybe they win by fifty nine points, fifty nine to zero. We've seen it before, where a team that was out um, jumped over TCU to get. That in. was one spot. Though. That was one spot, but this, uh, this, this is hey, nine. Hey, anything can happen, and I think this is gonna be a crazy championship week. We'll see what happens if this chaos happens. We're gonna break it down next week. Um, what happens and make our predictions on the playoff. We will move on now or talk about. We have a few more segments to go before our pick segment, I believe. Um, Let's see here. Um, I cannot. Fi- All right, we are going to react to week. No, no. Preview this week's kind of Power Five in American Conference Championship game. Or do you want to break down the the small ones too? Or no? We're not gonna. We're gonna throw the. We're gonna throw the three other conferences under the bus. I guess. Since you know Sunbelt, we're gonna make our game picks. I don't think we need to go that deep. Like I, I looked at the polls and not really. Did. I don't well, but we don't this need to, a fan. We don't need to worry about what the fans say. It's but about the fans impact the show. The fans impact the show. Oh, man, we have a ton. They are. Uh, it's it's growing. It's growing, it's growing to. It's growing to Northern Minnesota in Collegeville and St. Joe at the College of St. John's and St. Ben's. We are getting fans. Shout out to everybody up there. All right. Um, I, I'm just I'm gonna go through every conference championship game because I believe every team that has gotten I, there deserves though. it. All right, well, I'm not, I'm only gonna talk if they have a chance to get the playoffs. All right, well, um, Friday night you got Western Kentucky and UTSA. They meet for uh, the is it what what conference is this? I, I don't I, I don't even know. Conference USA they meet at is this at UTSA? This is in UTSA, the Alamo Dome. The Alamo 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 Dome where they're gonna host the Alamo Bowl. Uh, later this month, actually. So probably, probably the Oregon oh, oh, Utah game. You're gonna have a top 15 matchup in the Alamo Bowl. Um, other game on Friday at in Las Vegas, Utah and Oregon. Winner goes to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. What What are you seeing from this? Yeah, you know, I, I I think this is gonna be a great game. 
first time this was played at uh, Elegant Stadium in Las Vegas. This used to be played in Santa Clara. I like the move. I think the Pac-12, I, they really don't do many right things, but I think this was the right decision. Uh, of course, winner goes to the Rose Bowl, loser probably goes to the Alamo Bowl. So you, you go from a, the most prestigious granddaddy of them all to, to like, I wouldn't say a low bowl, but a place you don't want to be San Antonio for Christmas. Like, no offense if you lived in San Antonio, but, like, I, I would want to be a better place for my New Year's Eve celebration. But, you know, I think it should be a great game. This, of course, it's the second time that those two teams playing in the past uh, three weeks. So, you know what? The teams should have a lot to know about each other. Oregon, of course, wants revenge. Utah looking for their first ever Rose Bowl appearance in program history. This would be a great game. For, I think that both teams going to have a, a lot of fun playing in Las Vegas, Sin City. And you know what? Kirk Street and uh, Chris Feller on the call. I agree with you. I think this is this is the right um, stadium to do it. I mean, have they? They've kind of had it like sometimes they've had it at the, some teams' home fields. That was just last year because of COVID. Okay, I, I, even if that was everything, I don't like. It. I like the because where was it before? Where have they hosted it? Santa Clara. Santa Clara. I, yeah, this is. I mean, that stadium is sweet in um, Las Vegas. I mean, it's like two years old now, so I think uh, that's the perfect place to put it. Um, the Roomba. Yeah, but I, it, you could say the Alamo Bowl is kind of like. The Citrus or Outback Bowl for well, it really doesn't for, feel but like it, it. it doesn't because yeah it's not an it's not a New Year's Day bowl it's not outside in Florida which I mean it's a warm it's in uh, San Antonio but it's inside um but yeah it's kind of the big the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve really don't other than the Rose Bowl and the um, the Sugar Bowl you don't really have if you don't make a New Year's Six you're not really in a very prestigious bowl so um but yeah both teams they're both Oregon and Utah looking to get to the Rose Bowl Utah's never been to the Rose Bowl so they're trying to get there for the first time and Oregon. It's been there plenty of times. They were there just two years ago, and they got a win with uh, Justin Herbert. So, or the Badgers. Both teams. Yeah. Yes, sir. Moving on. Um, Saturday, 11 a.m. on ABC, the Baylor Bears face off against the number the number nine Baylor Bears face off against the number nine Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Cowboys with a win. I, You could say they're guaranteed a playoff spot, but do they jump Cincinnati? I don't know. Um, Baylor probably going to Sugar Bowl with a win or a loss. You know what? Uh, this is be a good game. The Big 12 Championship, good to see some fresh faces. Uh, this, this is kind of in the year. At Cowboy fresh, Stadium, by the way. At Jerry's World. Jerry's World, my bad. Uh, you know what? It's, it's nice to see fresh faces. Baylor's second time in the past three years, so you know what? Uh, good for them. Oklahoma we'll State, their first ever appearance in the uh, in the Big 12 Championship game. Uh, you'll, you'll see this on uh, ABC at the 11. How do you feel about the, about 11 a.m. Championship games? Um. Well, I like it because... If you have all the games at the same time, it doesn't really make it feel very because you, you can't. I think co- you can't stack the day. Yeah, I think it's different. Like if it's college basketball, it's cool because you have different channels. But because um, I mean, you got Big Twelve at eleven, you got SEC at three, you got um, Big Ten at seven, and ACC at seven. I think if they're all at seven, what well, what do you watch? And then you just you can't really get into any of them. I think it's awesome because you can watch a full day of college football. You can watch Pac twelve Friday night. Um, you can watch. 11 o'clock, you can watch Big 12, 3, you can watch Big 10, and then you can kind of, or, I mean, SEC, and then you can flip through Big 10 and um, ABC. And even the American Conference, that's got a, you, you listed it as kind of a higher tier than any of the other conferences because it's got a lot more implications than it normally would. Uh, playoff spots on the line, so. But um, each team is, each team in this game is looking to get a win. I, I'm fine with the 11 o'clock start because that's a normal time for most teams anyway in regular season. Moving on, on Fox 2 o'clock in... Carson, California, San Diego State, the um, Aztecs facing the Aggies of Utah State. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Carson, California, used to be the old home of the Los Angeles Chargers before SoFi Stadium was built. Their drive from campus, you know, 
You know how far it is from San Diego, from the San Diego State campus to uh, to Carson City? Five minutes. Uh, no. Take another guess. We're uh, ten minutes. Two, one. Uh, it is actually. Is it close or? It's a two-hour drive from San Diego State to Carson. And that's where the San Diego were they considered the Los Angeles Chargers at the time? Yep. So they had to drive two-hour bus ride from San Diego, their university. To Carson City, so not much of a home field advantage, honestly. This is they've been doing this the entire year. Oh, that's their home field. That's their home field. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, this is their home field. Yes, so this is a two-hour drive, so more of a neutral site game. Even though this is hosted by the Aztecs, so you know, t- tough for them. But Brady Hoke and the squad, top twenty, uh, Utah State. Oh, the only thing I know about Utah State is that they have one bald dude for basketball. It looks like a Looney Tune guy. <laughs> that's the only thing I really know about <laughs> Utah State. But you know what, the Aggies. They seem like they got a pretty good program as well. This should be a, one of the more underrated matchups, I think, for uh, Camp Champ Week. I mean, you got two teams that uh, Utah State with a win is get a double-digit uh, win season, and San Diego State looking for 12 wins, you know. Um, I, I think in the, in the next couple of years, they could be making a, a case to be a in a new, possibly a New Year's Six Bowl because uh, Cincinnati seems like it's going to fill that. But um, San Diego State making a case, having good seasons. Moving on on Saturday, two with thirty on ESPN at Cajun Field, Louisiana. Raging Cajuns host the Appalachian State Mountaineers in the Sun Belt Championship. Yeah, I said this when I said the touching times of the week. You'll be this year at the Mountain West. I got more trust in my uh, in Mountaineers. They got a really good, uh, really good social media team. I know that for sure. I've seen a lot of their posts on TikTok and stuff. So you know that's the new day and age. Being active on social media is a big thing to get these free publicity to these college recruits. So, you know what? Uh, it should be a good game between these guys, though. I, I, only thing, I, how do you feel about these? Uh, these like, I know this is the Sun Belt. They don't have to, as much resources and money as these group of five. Would you want to see maybe them trade to a neutral site game and not have these home teams help? Yeah, I, I think it should be if it's a conference title because it's not meant to not meant to be because it's supposed to be between these two. It's not one team. Um, but yeah, something to note about it. I mean, App State's minus three. So, and, you know... It, Louisiana's eight zero in conference play, so they have, they didn't lose to him. I don't know, did they play him or not? We'll have to look. But, um, yeah, I I don't like when it's home games. I don't care, you know, if it's a small um, uh, conference or not. I think it should just be find find a stadium and they'll get people there because then you can make it a big stadium and people can go travel. Even though, um, but I don't like giving that team a home field advantage in a, a conference title game. I think it's pretty neutral. A game I missed eleven o'clock um, a.m. East. Uh, ESPN, uh, the MAC Championship Mid American Conference. You have a team that has seven and five in a conference championship game. Uh, not not very uh, not very high quality football we got here, but Ford Field. Like this is what I like. Ford Field MAC Championship game. That's a big deal. These fans. You know how much it costs though. We, four dollars. Four dollars. We should go. It costs cost us more to travel there. It probably would. You know what? Uh, I, we know. I think we have our, our ties run deep with the Kent State, the Whaleys. We have Zach Willie offensive line for the for the. Uh, for the for the Golden Flashes, he was, he's a Prolic alum, so you know what, good for them. Only thing I look at the MAC records, both teams six and two. That's more important to me. You know, when you're a smaller uh, conference, you kind of get beaten up in the non-conference early season. So I really don't look at that much attention to the overall record for these minimum for these group of five teams. I look at their conference record. Both teams had a really good conference season. And they're gonna get rewarded. Yep. The uh... over under set seventy four and a half. Oh my. 
PJ Flex, alma mater, looking to looking to get a win in their uh, conference title game here. Um, I have a stat here if I can if I can find it. Here we go. Uh, Northern Illinois looking to win their first conference title in three years. They defeated the Buffalo Bulls just a few years ago, and uh, they they never won a conference title when uh, PJ Fleck was there, and they never got to their conference championship game. So, um, but the Huskies looking to get a win. Same for the what is I don't even know the Kent's, flashes. I had no idea that was their mascot. Uh, I already knew that though. I yeah, I had no idea that was their their mascot. Um, Nick Nick knows everything. If anybody knows him, he knows everything. Um, kind of kind of a know it all. So, moving on in the conference title slate. Um, my here we go. My screen froze there for a second. Um, SEC title game: Georgia, Alabama, three o'clock CBS. To be Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson on the call. Georgia's minus six and a half. Alabama, oh the the cheapest ticket. If you want to look at this, four hundred fifty seven dollars compared to four for the Mac. Yeah, I know. How, I love we pay attention to the ticket price. That I, that means a lot in the game. But you know what? This is what you said. The biggest game of the week. Georgia is in the playoff for sure. Basically, unless they unless their team just dies and they just lose by a hundred, I guess. But you know what? This is a big game for Alabama. Big game for Georgia. It just means more of these SEC teams. This is the matchup we all wanted to see. Match we're gonna get. Should be a great game. Should be a great atmosphere in Atlanta. But imagine this: if Alabama doesn't lose A and M, probably got one and two. Let's say Alabama's probably door two. If Alabama loses at number two, would they be out of the playoff, going twelve and one? I don't know because you gotta. And then you have to assume they probably drop down to four. And do, do they get in over Cincinnati? Because they probably get in over Cincinnati. Then I mean, it's it just there's a lot of um, there's a lot of weird things that can happen. I think. Cincinnati. People are saying with a win, Cincinnati should be in. But do you put them in over a twelve and one Oklahoma State or twelve and I, I, whatever? It just uh, it's just something that I got to see to believe first. Absolutely, I think, if they could win, and I still won't be convinced. I got to see them to in the in that top four on Sunday at eleven Central on ESPN before I believe it. Because I mean, I don't know what to do for this game. Cincinnati's a fan of Georgia. If Georgia wins and if Cincinnati wins, there's no way I don't think yeah. Cincinnati's knocked out at all. But if Alabama wins, that could screw it up for Cincinnati. But yeah, I think I this is my big game of the weekend. I think it is. It's got the biggest implications. Top three matchup. Georgia looking to beat Alabama. They haven't really had much success. One and six against Nick Saban. All right, American Conference Championship game in a game that really has never been this big. I mean, they've had um, UCF in the last couple of years. They made the uh, the Peach Bowl and then the Fiesta Bowl back to back years. Uh, Joe Burrow is where he started his revenge tour. Um, this is a big one. You got a team that possibly could be the first group of five ever to play in the college football playoff. There's not been a non-Power 5 team to win a national title since uh, 1984 BYU, the Cougars. So Cincinnati on the brink of possibly making history, looking to go 13-0, 8-0 right now in conference play, you know, 12-0 uh, or Houston, 11-1, 8-0 also in conference play. They did not meet in the regular season. 21st yeah. ranked is the Cougars. You know what? This is the biggest American game of all time. American. This is, this is what they've wanted. This is what they've, I feel like they deserved. I feel like in the past with these UCF uh, uh, Memphis game, it was big, but it wasn't this big. It's Cincinnati teams in the top four. They are presumably one game away from the playoff. You still got to hope maybe stuff goes your way. But if you, all you got to do is control your business and win. Nippert Stadium is going to be sold out. It's going to be crazy. Uh, it's going to be an elite atmosphere for sure. Uh, something that these fans have probably baked for. But uh, UCF walks so uh, Cincinnati could run. And I think uh, the American... I think they get. I think they get their. They get their bid this this year. But you know they gotta play the game still. 
Yeah, Cincinnati. They, they just take it. They've done it all year. Take care of business. If you win again, you're you're just you're you. If you win, you've done everything possible. You've won every game and you've taken advantage of everything. And then it's up to the committee and up to what can happen. If Cincinnati doesn't get in this year with the win, I don't think it's ever gonna happen. I I agree. I th- I think you, you, I think the fact that they're number four and that Oklahoma State didn't jump them at from five to you know seven to four, I think that's what I think. If Cincinnati wins, then that it's showing they they're gonna put them in. But. I, the strength of schedule is it's going to hurt them a lot. It comes down to two teams between them and possibly Oklahoma State or anybody else. But um, I, personally, I want to see them in the playoff. I want to see somebody else because I think they can compete with them. I don't know if they'll win the whole thing, but I definitely think they can compete with every team that's up there. Um, and I think they believe that too. They know, they know they have a good team and they have a lot of confidence um, going into this week's uh, championship game. All right, we have one or no two more uh, championship games to talk about. The number two. Ranked Michigan Wolverines and the 13th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. We've kind of already talked about it, but uh, Michigan minus 11 and Indy. Anything else, Dad? Should be a good game. Um, and then the AC title game. We got a 15 and 16 matchup. The Pittsburgh Panthers and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, both teams that really aren't known that much right now for their football, but both have had good seasons, 10 win seasons. The winner probably gets to the Peach or probably the Peach Bowl. Um, with a win at 11-2, and two. Pitt is minus 3.5. Um, both teams kind of unexpected. Definitely Wake Forest. Pitt has had, the last couple of years, a good year. Uh, Kenny Pickett, good quarterback there. But for the first time in, I'll have to look, for the first time in a while that Clemson has not been in the ACC title game. Hey, you know what? This is this is what you want. Two 10-1 teams looking, two 10-2 teams, I should say, looking for the looking for a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I think I totally agree with your statement. Winner goes to the New Year's Six, presumably the Peach Bowl. Loser goes to a non-year six bowl, so a lot on the line for these two teams. Uh, the Rose Bowl, it, it feels like the Pac-12 and the ACC championship game has the most at stake from a win or loss scenario. If you win, you go to a prestigious New Year six bowl. You lose, you kind of go to a, a tier one, possibly tier two bowl. Probably the cheese it Bowl or cheese, something. I love me some good cheese. So cheese it's are good though. They're kind of underrated. Uh, so uh, you know what? It's it's something to uh, look at. Uh, this, these two teams can throw the ball around for sure, and I, I think both these teams know what's at stake. And I, I think should tell you one of one of the more underrated games. These two teams are have had really good seasons, and it could be a, an underrated game for sure to watch this week. So keep your eyes on on ABC at ten o'clock. Yeah, the the, the streak will break of Clemson. They've won six ACC titles in a row. Um, and they they will not be in the ACC title game. They will not. Uh, they, they, their streak of six straight playoff appearances broke too. I mean, they've they've had a, a big streak break. Still up. nine and three though. But yeah, I mean, still a really good year. Uh, Wake Forest did play in the uh, ACC title game in two thousand six, and Pitt played in twenty eighteen. So both making their second appearance. Wake Forest did defeat uh, Georgia Tech in, back in two thousand six nine to six in the ACC title game. So um, uh, Wake Forest has been fifteen years since they won a title. I'll have to look. I don't even know if Pitt's ever won an ACC title as they haven't been in the ACC um, for that long. So moving on. Uh, that was all the ACC or conference title games. We also have kind of a, a game that came out of nowhere, a game that was postponed uh, a while back. Um, USC Cal, kind of a throwaway game. Both teams, season's over after this. Only thing is, this game is still more expensive than the MAC championship. That is, that's Ford Field. It's actually. Where, where is the game being played? This, this game will be in Berkeley. It will be in Berkeley, so it's going to be at the the oh no, not the that's UCLA, but they also they have a coliseum that looks like the Rose Bowl. And it's also more expensive than the Mountain West championship game. So these two four and seven teams have more expensive tickets than those two championship games. Makes sense. You know what? Uh, two California teams, USC 
this game wasn't nothing for them, but now this is gonna be a big. This is now gonna be a big game for USC. See where they are for the future. See where they want to be. I don't think Lincoln, Lincoln Riley will not be in the field coaching uh, this year for the game. But you know what? It'll be good to show what they they want to build for it to, to for success for next year for the USC Trojans. So you know what? It's gonna be great with college football. Game starts at ten o'clock Central Time. So you know we'll be staying up till one o'clock on um, uh, on Saturday watching that. You'd stay up till one o'clock anyway. It, it wouldn't matter. All right. What do you mean by that? that yeah. That well, you, you've asked that quite a bit. All right. Moving on. A few more segments to go. Our winner segment. Uh, Nick, take it away. You know, Georgia Alabama uh, over under set at forty nine and a half. I think the Georgia defense is insanely good. I think they hold Alabama to under twenty one points. I think this Georgia team scores enough. I so I got I got the under forty nine and a half. Do you have anything? Or? I'm going to take the uh, over-under of the Pitt-Wake Force game. 71.5, I will take the under. I think both teams are good, but I think both teams' defenses will step up. as They've kind of struggled. Uh, Wake Force struggled against Clemson, but they bounced back last week. Um, I think they get another win. and uh, Or not, not not a win. I mean, I think they're, they, they bounce back. And I think this will be a closer game, but it will not be as many as 71 points. And then also another under, the under for the Oregon-Utah game set at 57.5. I got the under. I don't think these two teams are going to score enough points to do that, so give me the under in the Pac-12. All right, moving moving on, we will talk about the best moments from uh, Rivalry Week, which was uh, last week, Week 13 in the college football world. You, you see a lot of trophies. It's fun to see the players rush across the field or run around with the trophies and you know swing the trophies at the goalposts or just run around and enjoy it with the students. Uh, it's, it's, I think that's one of the best parts of college football. Uh, you know, one of the more underrated parts, probably my best, one of my best moments, Caleb Williams' run that put uh, Oklahoma inside the 40, gives them a chance. That dude just played with so much heart and passion this week. It was great. It was just great to see such a great competitor out there on the field. And, you know, it didn't end up in the way they wanted it to. But, you know what, that's probably one of my top moments from a losing, losing perspective. But uh, from a winning perspective, I, I got to go uh, Bryce, Bryce uh, Young. That that final drive against Jordan uh, against in Jordan Hare Stadium, uh, just something that you live for as a quarterback, and possibly could be a Heisman moment with so much lack of Heisman moments this year. So you know what? That's probably one, that's probably my two best moments I've had. I I saw this week uh, from Rivalry Week. Yeah, um, Rivalry Week. We we um, touched on it a lot last week about how I mean it, it just it matters. I don't know how many upsets there were, but. It's just a lot of passion for anything to win to win rivalry games. I mean, like Kirk Ferentz was very emotional after the game. Obviously, Nebraska's not a huge rival, but the way they won game, it, it just it, it means everything for all those seniors. That was the last time they ever played, and you just hope everyone gave them their all because they enjoyed it. They soaked it all in, win or win or lose. I mean, it's their last time possibly playing with some of their best friends on on the football field. And I mean, the 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 Gopher game I think is a perfect example of it. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Um, Minnesota's chances of winning the Big Ten rest were gone, but it still means a lot. I mean, for any any team, it meant a lot, meant a lot for Wisconsin. They weren't able to come with the win, but it still means a lot for the Gophers to get the. I mean, those fans, it it means everything to get the axe. They just to have it and be able to share it with the fans, the players, um, storm the field. I mean, you don't you don't get to do that very often. When you get to storm the field, that's a pretty special thing. Um, twice down the last you know, few seasons, and that's a pretty big deal that PJ gets those wins. And but yeah, the rivalry games. I mean, there was. I think I counted there were 17 rivalry games, and I went through a bunch of them last week. I was excited. You know, you got Bedlam. You had Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, um, Washington State. You get to storm the field on the road. I mean, you don't see that, but they they care so much, and they um, they enjoyed it so much. So it's a, it's just great to see all the great rivalries of college yeah, football. I feel like this year was really good, too, because you had a lot of teams that haven't won in a long time win again. Because I know you were texting me this. First time since 1933 that Michigan 
Minnesota and on Oklahoma State beat their rival in the so, last in the same year in the same year. So you know what? Something that we've seen a lot some parity this year. So I'm kind of happy that we've seen some different teams uh, get that win that they kind of wanted to get and they finally got it. Yeah, and if these things that are um, the trends that are happening right now, if the favorites win here in the in these conference title games, we get three new conference or three new playoff teams this year, which is very exciting because all I've heard about college football is that there's no parity and there's no new teams that make it well. Finally, we might be seeing a couple of new teams make the playoff and play for a, uh, for a national title. All right, we're going to have one more segment, our Super Dogs, and then we're going to move on to our game picks. Uh, I will start off with the Super Dog. I'm going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes, plus 11, um, Big Ten title game against Michigan. I think Iowa's got – got a tough squad. They have a, they have a sharp defense. Um, offense, I think they're a little shaky, but I think they just they just rise to the challenge. They they Everybody knows for them it's it, a loss, you know, they could be knocked out if or knocked out of a Rose Bowl bid if they win. I think they're going to the Rose Bowl, so – Iowa's got a lot in front of them. I think Michigan will be favored to win. I think Michigan probably will end up winning the game, but Iowa will keep this game close, one-score game. You know what, my super dog this week, give me the Wake Forest Eden Deacons. Uh, they are three-point dogs to the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates is baseball. Wait, that's not a thing anymore, is it? The Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. No the, baseball. The baseball now. is in a lockout right now. They are in a lockout. That is very true. But, you know, I think the I think the Eden Deacons, I think they uh, – I think they – I think they put a lot of points, honestly. I think they win, but this game, it's just, I find it disrespectful. I think Sam Hartman has won the game of his career. And those were our super dog. Now on to the game picks, and we are going to pick, I think, is it every conference title game? Yes, sir. And should we throw in the USC, do you want, let's throw in UC at USC, Cal. Who do you, who do you like? Uh, give me the Trojans. I'll go the opposite way. Go Golden Bears. Okay, perfect. All right. Conference title games. Here we come. The Conference USA, Western Kentucky, and the uh, Roadrunners. I will take the Roadrunners. 70% of the fans agree with you. They're the Roadrunners, and i got to go with them. Give me the meat because I think they uh, take revenge after last week's loss to a North Texas, and I think they take down the Hilltoppers. All right. Pac-12 championship game, Rose Bowl, spot on the line, the Ducks and the Utes. 74% of the fans get the Ducks. I will say no, no, no quack. Go, go, Utes. I, I, I like Oregon. I think they, I think they play with a chip on their shoulder. I think they want revenge from what happened in Salt Lake City a couple weeks ago, and I think they take down the Utes. And I think they go back to the Rose Bowl for the, well, for the for Rose Bowl, not in a cultural playoff for back to back years. To represent the uh, the Pac-12 uh, for the I don't even know how many times, but quite they've been there quite a bit. Um, uh, Big 12 championship game. You got the Baylor Bears, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Playoff spot on the line. Sugar Bowl spots on the line. What are the fans like? 68% of the fans like the Cowboys. I, I will take the Cowboys in a spot possibly gets the playoff. Me too. I like the Cowboys winning in Jerry's World. 11 o'clock on ABC. The MAC championship game. The toilet bowl of all, na- or of all comfort title games. The Huskies and the... Was it again? Golden Flash. Golden Flash. Is... 53% of the fans like the Huskies. got a close one. I'll take the Huskies. PJ Flex on modern. You know what? I got the Kansas State Flashes. I, I like that connection to Pride Lake with Zach Whaley. Give me the Flashes. Golden Flashes. All right. Mountain West title game. Um, day game. Not a not a night game for the Mountain West. Surprises isn't at like 2.30 in the morning. But um, I'll take the Aztecs. Yep. 70% of the fans agree with you. They got the Aztecs well. And, uh, you know, I got to go with the Brady Hoke Aztecs. I think they, they, they take down the Utah State Aggies. The Fun Belt. I mean, Sun Belt. Conference title game, Appalachian State, number 24, Louisiana. Fans? Uh, fans, 80, 55% of the fans got the Mountaineers, the close one. I will take the Appalachian State Mountaineers, not to pull an upset because they're favored. Yeah, I got the Mountaineers as well. This is my top 25 upset to watch in. 
I think you gotta watch this one go down for the Louisiana Virgin Cajuns. All right, the big game of the week, the well, one of the big games of the week, I'd say, but I'd say the biggest SEC title game, number one Georgia, number three Alabama. Seventy-seven percent of the fans are the Bulldogs, a little less, than, a little lower than I thought it would be, honestly. I will take the Bulldogs. Yeah, I gotta go with the Bulldogs. Tough to rule them out. They've been so dominant all year. Yeah, I think their defense dominates Bryce Young and gives him probably his worst uh, performance. He had a bad performance last week, other than until the end, but um, I'd say they give him his worst performance of the year. All right, American Conference Championship game. You said the biggest American Conference game in history. Who do you like? The 91% of fans are the Bearcats. Or who are the fans? Yeah, and I can't go against the Bearcats. I, I agree with you. Go Bearcats. Hopefully they can make the playoff. We're, we're rooting for them. We just want to see somebody else uh, make the playoff. All right, two games to go. The ACC title game. Pittsburgh, number 15. Number 16, Wake Forest. 52% of the fans got the Demon Deacons. Really, this, this is a good game. I will take the Panthers in the close one. Uh, I got Wake Forest as my un- uh, super dog, so I think they're going to win by 10 points, honestly, in Charlotte. All right, the final game we're going to save for last. Big Ten title game, the Iowa Hawkeyes, the Michigan Wolverines. Who do the fans like? 81% of the fans got the Wolverines. I will, I- I'll ride with them. The Michigan Wolverines will win their first Big Ten title in 17 years. You know what? Me too. Go Blue. I think they take down the Hawkeyes. You're welcome, Iowa fans, for, for beating Wisconsin for you. Uh, but you know what? Shout out to Charlie Balky. Who Shout out to Charlie he, Balky. He said if they lose this game, he will not see him on school at school on Monday. So hopefully yeah. for his sake, the Michigan wins this game. Yep, I got I got the Wolverines. I think this game means so much to the Michigan program. I think they show up. I think they take down this Iowa team by twenty. I think they leave no doubt in the committee mind that this is a top four team. All right, that is well. That was our uh, that's our week fourteen show. We went through all the matchups from uh, this week and all the stories. Um, now we now we wait. We wait to see how these conference uh, conference championship games play out and which bowl games each team goes to. So it's going to be exciting Sunday. Um, we'll probably have a show next week. I'd say just to what to preview all the bowls or break down all the conference title games break and, down with the pop and then preview Army Navy. That's a that's a game week from tomorrow. Though, so that'll be the only regular season game. We'll definitely talk about that one. But uh, Gophers don't play, but we're always going to end it anyway. Roll the boat, Skyba, and go, go Gophers. Gophers.